Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is to denounce and renounce. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I am Pastor Amanda Zenzelow, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, this topic is coming from your sermon last week, which we will link to on our podcast page in case anybody would like to go back and watch it and reference it. So my question is, where do you want to start with this topic of denounce and renounce? Yeah, let's also make clear that part of what this is about. So last week's gospel text for the sermon was the baptism of Jesus, and it was the celebration, the festival of the baptism of Christ. So in the rite of baptism, that's where the word renounce comes from. Okay. And there was a third word that kind of featured in the sermon as well that was repent, which comes directly out of that scripture of the gospel of Mark and the baptism of Jesus with John, the Baptist, calling for people to repent. And in my preparation work, I along with many other religious leaders in the United States last week and along with the rest of our country, held our work alongside of the public events that occurred. We are recording this on the 12th of January of 2021. And on January 6th of 2021, last week, there were violent attacks that occurred at the U.S. Capitol. We have also seen violent attacks here in Oregon at our state capitol, and that is also worthy of mentioning. And so we understand that in these days leading up to the inauguration of President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, that there is an increase in violence and an increase in dangerous activities in our country. And to ignore those things is irresponsible. And to find the words to address those things is terrifyingly difficult. Oh, I can't even imagine. And I found myself as I was alongside of folks much more brilliant than me, as people were preparing for the week's service, there were many people who were leaning into the baptismal rite. That makes sense. And in the ELCA's baptismal rite, we begin with questions to the congregation of, do you renounce and listing different pieces? Do you renounce the devil and the things that bring you from God? And so I'm one that occasionally when I try to find a way to most sermon, I will find a word and start kind of picking at it and Google it for the direct definition. And when I started it, I put in the wrong word. Really? I put in denounce instead of renounce. Oh, interesting. And it was because I hadn't pulled out my ELW and I hadn't looked at the actual rite and I was tired and grieving like many of us were Mm -hmm. last week having seen what we saw. So I looked up denounce and then I looked up repent And then when I got there, I'm like, well, wait a minute, this is renounce. So what's the difference between these three words that we don't use them? No, they are not common parlance anymore. No. And if we just ask someone, what does it mean to denounce something? It's, oh, you say something bad about it, like you don't like it or whatever. But to drill down on what it really means, I think, is really interesting. So to denounce something 
is to publicly state that it is evil or wrong. And that had a much stronger sense to it yeah. than I think I was expecting. So to denounce something is to publicly proclaim that it is evil. And there was an empowering feeling to that for me, for some reason. And especially as I was thinking about it in relationship to baptism and thinking originally that these questions were, do you denounce these things? Not renounce, but denounce them. Mm -hmm. So the questions, as I was thinking of the questions at first, I thought that it was, do you denounce the devil and all the forces that defy God? So do you publicly proclaim as evil the devil and everything that stands against God? I mean, that makes sense to me. Right? And in some ways, gosh, that was helpful. And maybe it's because it is hard for many of us. And I know that for myself as an introvert and as someone who is careful with my words, that it takes a lot of time and a lot of quiet for me to be able to find my own words in a time like this. And in the days right after the violent events at the Capitol, there was so much, it was so loud. Mm -hmm. There was just so much that was going on. And it was really hard to find my own words for it. But to lean into this, because I am who I am, right? Leaning into the rights of our faith, that kind of empowerment to ask myself, will I denounce the powers of this world that rebel against God? Will I call evil publicly? those things that rebel against God? Will I denounce the ways of sin that draw me from God? Will I call those things evil publicly? It was a place to start. It was a place to find some grounding and a place to understand that we are responsible, not just to disagree or not just to think that something is wrong, but that we have of responsibility as people of faith in our baptismal rite, the foundation of our faith, to publicly proclaim as evil these things that pull us away from God's intention for the world. Spending time with that word, empowered, finding the next steps, which is what then took me to the scripture and to John's proclamation to repent, mm -hmm. right? So the definition of repent the Greek word means to turn around, like okay. to change direction. It literally means to change direction. Well, that makes sense. Right. But if we think of the word repent in English, and what does it mean in English, this word that we use? It means to reflect on actions and experience regret or guilt. Okay. So to repent for something requires us to think about our own actions and our own participation and to experience recognizing that those things were bad. Okay, so not just this thing was bad and I'm not going to do it anymore, but feel bad about it. Right. To say we have denounced this, we say that this action or this activity is evil or wrong. And then that is denunciation, to denounce something. To repent from something is to think about your own personal participation within it. And to recognize with your own reaction. So Brene Brown talks about this sometimes when 
you know, there are so many of us that say, well, I'm going to have no regrets, Mm -hmm. nothing that I do. I regret nothing in my life. And Brene Brown came back and challenged that and said, actually, it's okay to have regrets. Mm -hmm. It's okay to think back to something and recognize that it was an unhealthy or an unhelpful choice and to regret it, to wish that that had not happened. Well, it's part of learning and making better choices in the future, correct? Exactly. And if you don't let yourself make those observations, if you want to say, well, I have no regrets because it got me where I am today. And so I would do the same thing again, right? Which I've said Mm -hmm. totally. It also doesn't give you that opportunity to learn and to change the dynamic and to change the narrative. So to admit to regret or to admit to guilt within the participation of something then gives the opportunity for the next step and the change and the moving forward. It's that kind of sense of you can't fix the problem until you've admitted that it's there. Mm -hmm. You can't change your participation in it if you never personally reflect on your participation in it. And so to repent is that individual and that group reflection of participation in something. So from denounce to repent, to renounce. Because the word that is actually in our baptismal rite... Is not denounce, it's renounce. Exactly. And to renounce something is to give up or stop the use of or participation in. Okay. So not just to say it's bad, but to stop doing it. Exactly. Okay. And it's a whole process, right? I mean, we can take something simple that's fairly inconsequential in the world. Let's say I denounce not putting my dirty socks in the hamper and I repent of annoying my spouse with my inability to put my socks into the hamper and I renounce the activity of not putting things in their proper place, right? Mm -hmm. If I don't recognize that something is wrong, I'm never going to take the step to change it. Right. So we denounce, we recognize something is wrong. We repent, we recognize our participation and role within it. We renounce it. We change our behavior. We look to change our behavior and not participate in that anymore. Mm -hmm. So what does all this have to do with everything (laughs) that has been going on? It has a lot to do with everything that's going on, if you ask me. Yeah. One of the pieces... That is important to recognize. And there are so there are lots of brilliant people talking about this. But if you're someone who listens to our podcast, we offer this to you from us. There is no way to get to reconciliation, to get to reconstruction, to get to renewed relationship. You cannot get to those things. You cannot get there in a healthy way that builds up communities that builds us towards the kingdom of God, you cannot get there if you have not done this work. Well, one would argue that if you go back and look at American history, it's because we haven't done that work that we're continually in this position of needing to, but nobody's willing to make the steps, right? Nobody's willing to go through the denounce, the repent, and the renounce to get to the unity that everybody keeps calling for. Bingo. Because there is no way to get to unity when people have been silenced and harmed and it has never been spoken to. 
And we hear that clearly it is not, I am no brilliant person saying this. This is exactly the call that has been coming from Black leaders for decades. Mm -hmm. This is exactly the call that has been coming from our Indigenous leaders for centuries Mm -hmm. on this land, right? There is no way that we can extricate violence of how evangelism, how Christian evangelism landed on this continent from the harm that it has done to indigenous people from the presence of it showing up at the U.S. Capitol last week. Mm -hmm. It is all part of a continual thread that unless we denounce, publicly state as evil, that evangelism at all cost, that Christian evangelism at all cost, up to and including preferring that someone be dead if they refuse to believe what we believe, we must denounce that. Or it will absolutely lead to violent activities such as we saw last week. It has done through out history. Mm-hmm. Christopher Columbus and Father Penne, the Jesuit priest who arrived in the United States as explorers, came here to evangelize, to turn people to Christianity and to faith in order that they may also take their goods and return them to the crown. And when people did not convert to Christianity, they killed them. And in their own journals, they wrote how it was better for them to be dead than to not believe in the faith of Christianity. And if that bedrock cannot be denounced, we will continue to see people who are killed because they do not believe and agree with Christianity. Mm -hmm. It is evil. That is evil. And we see its repercussions. The same goes for black bodies and the treatment of black bodies. If we refuse to denounce the treatment of black-bodied individuals as slaves and as less than, if we continue to allow this concept of white supremacy, that white-bodied individuals are the superior race, we will continue to see violence, exactly as we saw last week at the U.S. Capitol. Mm -hmm. It takes denouncing these things. And I will say the piece that I can speak to is if we do not speak to common, everyday domestic violence in our country, then we will also see continued escalating violence. Mm -hmm. I believe that anyone who has known someone who has experienced domestic violence, the days right before leaving that relationship are the most dangerous moments. Mm -hmm. And that is where we are. And if we will not denounce the actions and the behaviors, if we excuse them, if we fail to prosecute them, if we fail to hold accountable, if we choose to just sweep it under the rug and say, oh, she's just overreacting or, Mm -hmm. oh, we should all get along. And do you know what? We're almost through. So let's just keep going. All that does, refusing to call something evil in public, refusing to denounce it, never allows for someone to repent and never encourages us to renounce and stop participating in these behaviors. So this is more than I said in my sermon. Mm -hmm. 
I have more time here. And I, after time, I found words enough to be able to put out a statement on social media around this Mm -hmm. because I think it's important, right? It's that whole public portion of this work that we're doing. It's your own denouncing, correct? It's my own denouncing and my own repentance and my own renouncing, but not in order to get ally cookies, not in order to have people think that I'm trying to do the right things for the right whatever, but because that is part of the process. Sure. I have been a part of this process. I am someone who is racist. I am someone who has forgiven and enabled domestic violence. I am someone who has been silent in the face of violent Christian evangelism. Right? So it is incumbent on leaders and incumbent on each of us to denounce and renounce and repent and find our way forward together. If we don't, we will continue to see the violence happen. Mm-hmm. So the statement that you put out, which we'll also put on the podcast page, what kind of feedback are you getting from people? I was there when you gave the sermon and I could see in mm-hmm. the chat the positive feedback that you were getting then. Has it continued to be that? Or are there people who are doing the calls for unity without having to do the work around it? I'm so blessed to serve in a congregation where this kind of a message is welcomed and longed for. I think that folks would have loved to have heard it three days sooner from me. Well, yeah. Right? And that is Well, we would love to hear other people echoing it in power, right? Right. And there is a lot of frustration that we have not seen more clear denunciation. For myself, I just have a hard time finding words that quickly. Mm -hmm. It's not my skill. I have received beautiful, beautiful outreach from people wanting to understand more and asking questions and wanting to know how I got to where I land. I have also had people who will no longer speak to me. Well, sure. Right. There are family members who will never speak to me again. And those losses are super real. Yeah, they are. And I think that folks, as we try to find our way through this time in our history, I think of Jesus saying, I didn't come to unify, but I came to divide. And I came as a flaming sword to divide mother from son and father from daughter and brother from sister, right? And there is a point in time where our denunciation and repentance and renunciation may mean that we lose people that we love in our lives. Yeah, that's super real. And that is a really sadly common issue and problem among so many people that I know and have talked to, including myself. More and more and more common. Mm -hmm. And I think that in the call for unity, in the call for we just got to heal and bring us back together again, I think some of that grief of broken relationships is part of what spurs that on. Mm -hmm. I don't want to lose my X, Y, Z, so can't we just forget about it and move on? Well, we can, but when we do, we'll keep seeing it. It will come back. Yeah, we'll be right back where we started, which is how we got to now. And the wound will continue to fester and infection will set in. And it is not the pathway that God calls us to. And that is the hard truth that we may lose people. And it may be that losing them 
in our daily lives is the cost of following Christ. And Jesus wrote about it and spoke about it throughout all of our Gospels. The experiencing of it is hard. Mm -hmm. And not to say that we are victims. I am not saying that at all. This is purely consequence and truth. So for folks who are losing relationships in this time, grieve them. Absolutely grieve them and let yourself be sad to have lost a cousin that you played in the yard with as a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, let yourself grieve it and understand that our faith calls us to these actions for the sake of our whole community and that we do these things together. We denounce and we repent and we renounce these things in order to find our way towards that kingdom of God, where no one has too much and no one has too little, where people are healed and have a chance to be well. That's the promise of God. That promise sounds pretty good right about now. Right. Like we get to the point in the Lord's Prayer where it's your kingdom come, your will be done. And I just want to like scream right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I'm so tired. And there is so much loss, and I just am ready for that kingdom right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. We have a week or so to go before we actually get to... Inauguration. Until we get to the inauguration, which, if we're willing to be honest with ourselves, is not going to be the end of this either. Yeah. So given the rough times coming up, what advice do you have for us to help steady, repent, renounce, and get through it. Yeah. Simple things that are continue to be the important things. Drink water. (laughs) Sure. Like truly. Drink water. Take a nap. Take a nap. Eat whole foods. Do those things that you can do to be kind to your actual physical form because the amount of chemicals, the stress chemicals that our Mm -hmm. bodies are experiencing and trauma chemicals that our bodies are experiencing is really, really huge. And it's important as much as possible to be able to do things that will help your actual physical form. Like your body is beautiful and created so miraculous to be able to keep you alive. Those chemicals are there to keep you alive. And so if you are feeling afraid It's there to keep you alive. Mm -hmm. It will also lie to you because it (laughs) thinks that you are in danger when you are in your home and you're not. So you need to find ways to be kind to your physical form so that your brain isn't so flushed with other chemicals that it can tell what is true and what is false. And you can be wise and savvy and calm. So drink water Get as much sleep as you can. Use whatever tools you can to be able to find sleep. Be gentle as you can with one another, understanding that the trauma reactions are really huge right now among the general populace of the United States. Mm -hmm. It's not you. You're not alone. It's all of us. And that was true before last week because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And it will remain true in the weeks to come. Keep washing your hands. Keep staying home as you're able keep wearing your mask. COVID remains a very, very real situation in our country. 
lean into the promise that this isn't the end. Find whatever scripture, phrase, poem, whatever it is that helps you to imagine the world in a different way than it is right now. And stick it up in front of your face wherever you can see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Keep a vision, keep an image, keep an imagination of a world that is a different way. Because if we cannot imagine it being a different way, we will lose hope. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes for you to find that imagination, keep that in your heart. There will be a way forward. There will be a way that this will not last. And hold on to that and lean on to people that you know and love and trust. Reach out. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about denounce and renounce. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And for all of you out in the world, may you find moments of peace that passes understanding. Know that we are with you in the midst of this time and that God is with you as well. Be as gentle to your spirit as you can and eat something kind. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.